We go together like peas and carrots. The Peas and Carrots Podcast, sharing life from our piece of the vegetable patch. Brian and Kayla Sanders. Welcome to the Peas and Carrots Podcast. I'm Kayla. And I'm Brian. And welcome to today's episode, podcast number 18. Wow. I can't believe we're still doing this. (laughs) People haven't written in saying, make them stop. We still have stuff to talk about, too. That's Lots kind of, of exciting. Stuff. So what's up, what's up in our world? Mm. Okay, first of all, let me give you some good news. Mm-hmm. We came home last night to progress. We did. Our deck is really coming along. Yes. Yeah. So I'm happy That's about That's exciting. That. We have anchor posts. And we do. Things are cemented into the ground, so that's a good. It is okay? good. Uh, next is what Miss Kayla likes to call the dumpster fire. There is just so much going on. I mean, yeah. Watching the news is a very brave and dangerous thing to do, I think, some days. Uh, I was thinking about that, and let me say this. Do not, anybody listening to this podcast, do not blame the news media. Mm. Okay? Because, and they're going to say, all they do is just report bad news. Okay, Anytime there is a political sex scandal, anytime there is a major disaster, anytime there is some type of missing persons event. We all run straight toward it. Yes. Yeah. New uh, Ratings go up. Yep. Newspaper sales go up. I mean, I'm just going to say this. I mean, it's horrible, but... We consume it. If we didn't watch it or listen to it, yes. they wouldn't keep talking exactly. about it. So yeah. Exactly. But at the same time, you need to be able to ration that. Yes. And when the crap is hitting the fan, my saying is turn off the fan. Yep. Or as Miss Kayla like says, turn off the tap. Yeah. And what do you need to do at that point, Miss Kayla, when you turn it off? Well, you need to go do something else. Go read a book. Go visit a friend. Go for a walk. Go find some different voices. What would you say? I would say read. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, here's why: reading forces me to think about something else. I can't think about anything else while I'm reading. True. That's, I can, but I'm a woman. We think about ten things all the time. Even when you're reading a book? Yes. I don't understand that. Oh, we're like an internet with like 10 browsers open. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Always thinking. I need to place an Amazon order. I'm usually doing a grocery order in my head while I'm reading a book. Or if it's not that, I'm thinking about well, how do you keep up with what's going on in the book? Just the way we're wired. Well, this is intriguing. Well, for me... Not Miss Kayla. For me, a book forces me to think about something else. <laughs> I can't think about anything else while I'm reading a book. Uh, I like to go to the to to uh, to the lake and that, and that kind of stuff. I would also say this: be careful trying to argue online. Oh, just don't. Be respectful of other people's opinions, even if they're wrong. Yeah. Even if, in the words of my dad, if that person is an idiot. You've been one. Not you. Sorry. Oh. Let me let me clarify. Um, Let's define the word you here. The greater you 
have all of us yes all of us have been an idiot as brian's dad would say at one point or another so yeah be very respectful of other people's viewpoints who knows you may learn something and you may learn who to avoid amen lessons learned from covid oh boy this should be fun all right so disclaimer This is not going to be a discussion of science or politics, so please let us say that up first. What do we really want to communicate here? What have you had to do in the last 19, 20 months? I've had to make decisions as a leader. During crisis. During COVID, during crisis. Yeah. That would ensure that the organization would continue yeah and how do i want to say this and this is the organization needs to continue forward Mm -hmm. so that people stay employed if people stay employed people continue to make mortgage payments car payments buy groceries go see a doctor if the organization implodes well, then all of that goes away. all of that goes away. Yeah. So we've had to make or I've had to make decisions during crisis because I'm looking at it from the organization perspective. How do I keep this thing afloat? How do I make sure that like COVID doesn't interrupt everybody, interrupt the lives of the organization to where we can't operate? Yeah. And I liken it to. Something I read the other night that a nurse had written, and it was so poignant. She stated that in the beginning of COVID, we did not know enough. And we didn't. We didn't know how the virus was transmitted. We didn't know so many things that they do have a grasp on now. But the reason I liken that to what you're walking through as a leader, well, really for any human being in this season We've never lived a pandemic before. So I think there's been a lot of learning curve. And there's been a lot of kind of two steps forward, one step back. But it's it's had its challenges, would you say? Yes. And let, let me make a point to what you just said. At the beginning of this or in any crisis, there is what's called the fog of war. Yeah. Okay. And you're trying to make the best decisions you can with the least amount of information that that you have. Yeah. And so that's what happened. As this thing progressed, now I'm just going to say this one time, what happens is that we judge people against the information they had in the beginning versus what you have now. Yeah. And that is a bad thing to do because we all, it's just like war. War changes from day one to day 50. That, that that battlefield will look different. We watched a documentary about 9-11 the other night, and it was fascinating to me to hear the leaders in that documentary talk about their reactions on day one versus, like, day 10. The things that they didn't know. I mean, let's keep it real. We didn't know who the enemy was on day one. By day 10, we had an idea we knew As who a country, it was, where they were. Yeah. We and, knew all but this stuff. it was also fascinating to see the way information was flying in the first few hours and how people were reacting to it. 
So, yeah, I think you make a very fair point that there's just such an overload of information, some of it factual, some of it not. There's also such, like, chaos that can clear as, as time goes on. So... I'd also say that we learned that we actually like each other. We did. Because we had, because we were, uh, we shut, well, let me say this. We went to a work from home status for seven weeks. All of PAR, we worked from home from seven weeks. That was the most creative seven weeks in our history. And so we were home together all day. And it was awesome. We, well, we never. It, it was awesome for me. What we also learned, if we tell the truth. You're a homebody. I could do that forever. Oh, and you about day. lost your mind. Yes, it was very. It's not funny. I will take a baseball but. bat and beat the door down to go outside. <laughs> I can't. No, I've got to be around people. I've got to see people. Um, so that wasn't good for me mentally either. No. So, so we had to find balance. But as far as like the day to day routine, I loved it. Now I will say there were times where. Because we had just lost Sprocket a few months before, our home was so quiet compared to what it would have been mm. had he been there. And it's interesting to talk with friends who, after being home for a season with their pets, there are some poor little puppies and other fur babies who that are, are going, going through separation yeah. anxiety yeah. because they had their owners home for so long. But, yeah. Uh, I'd also say that during COVID that our priorities have shifted a little bit because now we realize what we need and how we want to use our time. Very much so. Did so, anybody else find themselves wearing like the same five outfits? Come on, tell the truth. How's that changed? Well, okay. For some of us that has changed. Um, and I think, yeah, we are a little more selfish and maybe that's okay with our time with the way we want mm. to spend our free time and yeah i'll also say this that there's been this other side of covid too that friendships changed uh people trying to use shame against you for various reasons against us or against whoever believed in the virus or didn't believe in it and then there's all this confusion um I've never seen a season. But let me say this. Whenever Trump ran for president, and he was president, there was this huge division in America. Okay? During COVID, it seems like that division has exploded to where people are no longer talking to each other based on what you believe about the virus anything or the vaccine it's morphed into just about any it's it's topic. like it's like we have this addiction to anger mm. and i don't understand it and so have so have friendships changed i'm just going to be really honest yeah so if you text me and say you're an idiot i'm probably not going to be your buddy i'm just going to be honest mm. and maybe that's my own heart but you know, or say, well, you know, I think you're an idiot and that you're doing the wrong thing. So, all right, fine. But uh, I think even on a fundamental level, though, it has caused strain in some aspects with friendships that 
okay, maybe at some points along the way there was a like-mindedness. And now that we're on this side of COVID, things have, and by this side, I mean we've got this segment of the population is vaccinated. This segment is not. We have this segment that is living wide open and this segment that's still taking precautions. And I will say this, whatever side you fall on, I just really sincerely pray that all of us can be mindful that someone else is seeing things a little bit differently than we are. Mm. And can we just take the hateful vitriol out of conversation? It just, it has no place in a world where we claim to be Jesus-loving, Christ-following. It, it, yeah, it's, it's very tiring to see where we are. I actually made a statement didn't I? That my bigger concern was not a physical virus that would ruin us. It would be the effects of our mental and spiritual state oh, yeah. coming mean, out. We're a mess as a nation and as a and as followers of Jesus, we are divided. We are we are not. No, I'm going to say something here. We we are no longer known for following Him. We are known as for which side of the debate we're on regarding the virus. That's a dangerous thing to do. Yes. I mean, we should be known for him. We should be known for following him, for loving our neighbor, for uh, helping out the different places, and for worshiping. Uh, but instead of him oozing from us, our opinions about a virus ooze from us. Mm. And I think that's, that's a ho- – and that's – I mean – Anyway, yes, I think what's it going to take to get back to normal? I have no idea. Uh, There was a, um, I watched an interview on CNBC or somebody uh, with the CEO of the uh, Airbnb, the 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 people who rent their houses, he's the CEO. He said the world will never go back to what it used to be before COVID. Mm. I was like. Well, you're, aren't you just Mr. Chipper? Aren't you just... And he was talking about how people travel and things like that. And I hope that we as a nation can find a little bit of respite, mm. can find a little bit of coming together. That's what I really hope. I loved... I think it was it was around May of last year when I think... The reality of everything was starting to set in with with a lot of people. And I remember reading something that was impactful to me then, and it's impactful to me now. And that is, as we embrace a slow return to normal, let's decide what do we need to pick back up and what do we need to let stay. And I think for each of us, maybe let's take a step back Let's take a pause, and even if it's just for our own family, for our own friendships, for our own churches, and for our own world, what would it be helpful to lay it down, and what would it be helpful to to pick it up and carry it on? All right, Miss Kayla? Yes. I don't even know the password to our bank account. Okay, 
it's written down. Okay. So we're going to talk about money here. Okay. Let me just say this. I'm going to be blunt and upfront. I am horrible managing personal finances. I'm great leading an organization and seeing cash flow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Personal finances, though, not so good. Okay. I'd, I think I'd be better today than, than when we first got married. When we first got married, I would equate it to there was a struggle here. Okay. Yeah. So who handles our finances? I'm going to be blunt. Kayla does. Okay. My wife has a gift with math. She has a gift with handling money. She knows it, and sh- and she understands it. Now, let me say this. There are some within Christian circles who say that the man should always handle the money, that the Bible mandates the man should handle the finances. I've been to seminary. I've read the book three or four times all the way through. <laughs> uh, you know, I've got 60-some-odd hours toward a master's degree from a seminary. I've not found that passage. What I have discovered is if a person has a spiritual gift, has a gift, you give that person that thing. That's your gift. Now, we rarely argue about money. No, because we both realize it's our money. It's not my money. It's not your money. We have common goals on how we want to spend and how we want to save. We have documents that bless you. Once a year, I make you sit through the, this is our projected annual whatever. I get all excited. You probably drink. But we get through it, and I am very mindful that you will know exactly where our money is going. Um, We're very committed to certain causes, so you're deeply involved in how we spend our money. We made this very funny pact. I remember when we got married. I don't know if you remember 28 this. 28 years ago, we made this agreement. What did we agree? That any time we were going to spend more than $30, we would ask the other person if it's okay. And we still do that, which That's, is really yes, funny to because, me. because don't take this wrong, but we have grown. and $30 looks a lot different than yes. it did back then. So I was in. trying to say yeah. that tactfully, and you did it great. So, But we still do it because I'm sitting there going, that's 35 bucks. I don't know if that's really worth it. So I've got this mental threshold in my mind. But still. I think now it's more of a, it's a respect thing for the other person. So, See? but yeah. We, so when we look at our money, yeah, what do you think our spending says about us? Honestly, we like to eat out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Ooh. I wasn't expecting that answer. We do spend money on food. We make tithing a priority. And that's not, yay, us. I think God's word speaks to that. And so we do, we believe in supporting our local church. We believe in supporting causes that are dear to our heart. Um, I remember at one point you looked at me, and I've never forgotten the passion in your eyes, and you said, I want to be radically generous. And I'm just keeping it real. That scared me. But it's important to us that we, but before you think, oh, holy are they, No, we work hard and we play hard. So we also are very committed to spending money on travel. Yeah, we go, we do, uh, we used to go to Disney before this thing blew up and 
we'd go on cruises and uh, we've been overseas a few times. And uh, so how do we justify that? Well, we save. We do. We have we, a budget for travel. We have a budget for travel. People are so funny. We have actually been asked, does your company pay for your trips? No. Technically, yes, but it's called a salary, just like what you draw from your organizations or companies. Um, we save. Yeah. Uh, they we, do not give us money to go on vacation. No. Let's put it that never, way. Never, never. There's never nothing like that. We get paid a salary just like you do. And we try to manage our money in a certain way to where we can put some aside and we can go and travel and we can go and do. Uh, will we will we be going to Disney anytime soon? Probably Sadly, not. No. Probably not. Uh, we have discovered a beach that we like to go to and rent a beach house. It's much cheaper than going to Disney. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. But uh, be careful in 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 criticizing how other people spend their money. Very much so. Because. That's but there true. are a few things I would like to just, I mean, uh, it's either here or there. You can take it, discard it. If you're starting out, I'm speaking to our young couples here or our young professionals who are just getting started. There are a few things that have been very helpful to us. Whether you believe it or not, track your money. See how you're spending it. Keep an Excel spreadsheet or a Google Doc or some some kind of, there are a hundred apps out there. I don't personally use them. I'm old-fashioned. I use an Excel spreadsheet. Keep up with what you're spending and how you're spending it. Be committed to saving. We have an automatic draft every two weeks that money goes into our savings account. Why do we do that? Because it forces us to be responsible and think about the future. Don't become dependent on a credit card. No. And don't use a credit card as like an extension of your income. That's a dangerous trap to fall into because then you're digging a hole in which you can't get out of. Now, to our Dave Ramsey friends, you're going to disagree with us. We both have a credit card, and we use it every single month. The rule at our house is if you charge it, you pay it. We don't typically carry balances at all so when the end of the month rolls around we need to know that what we've put on that card is going to be paid off exactly right so and then finally yes be generous you will never regret being generous you'll see god reward you for that and if you can save and if you do set money aside Remember this, you want to create memories. And we have great memories from, from, from Disney, going different places. We meeting, do. Meeting Darth Vader, meeting Kylo Ren. I was going to say, what's your favorite Disney memory? Well, I'd say meeting Darth Vader, meeting Kylo Ren, having dinner with you at, at some of the different restaurants. Uh, seeing you watch the Star Wars parade oh, and the fireworks show for the first time. Seeing you hug Winnie the Pooh was a great memory. of me. You loved Winnie the Pooh. I did. Yes. Mickey's very merry Christmas party. That was great. It was awesome. Eating at the Rose and Crown at Epcot. Yes. Oh. Almost feeling like my dad was there. Oh. Yeah. So, so, yeah. When it comes to money, hold it loosely. And Remember then, who gives it to you. It all comes from God. Give it away and then make memories. Exactly. That's what I would say. So, you want to make a memory? Sure. Okay. But first of all, oh. you can subscribe to our podcast 
on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can contact us at peasandcarrotspodcast.com or on Facebook, just search for the Peas and Carrots Podcast. For more about the Peas and Carrots Podcast and to reach out to Brian and Kayla, visit peasandcarrotspodcast.com.